Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Well, we're going to go in three, two, one. Lions Lounge Lockdown, episode seven. Mark Bircham. Birchie, thanks for joining us, mate. Yeah, no problem. Pleasure. Uh, just before we go into Mule Korea, we're just talking uh, just off camera. Be a bit of an interesting one, where you are in the world right now and what you're doing. Yeah. So I'm Bahamas technical director. So technical director and head of football. So that's a turn up for the books. Lovely place. But I'm actually self-isolating in Tampa at the minute. So that's just off back in America where my mate is because they, they locked down the island. If you think, if you think like England's lockdown was bad, it's you're not allowed outside your house to exercise. It's like proper lockdown. So hopefully... Next week, they're going to open the airports back up and I'll be back in Barnes. So. Lovely. Yeah, can't complain. Two, two lovely places, mate. Two lovely yeah, places exactly. to be in the world. So we're going to talk in depth about your mule career. 1996 to 2002, professionally. Yeah. Uh, as we know, um, well, as I know, a few may, may not, the journey started long before you uh, coming through the youth system. Yep, it, it was. And uh, it was through Tom Wally. The great Tom Molly is he, he booked for loads of things. It, it was hard because I was at QPR from from nine to fifteen, and my dad was the youth coach. Him and Bobby Ross, they, they've been there for years, and he sort of like made me go a mill. I was devastated at the time. <laughs> I was absolutely gutted, but because uh, like he knew that he knew the youth system really well at Mill, and he thought I'd have a better chance at at Milg and it turned out to be right and made the debut I think it was like 17, 18 and I think he see the type of player I was and thought Mill will bring the best out of me which mm. which it did and the, the youth team were great days even even as a schoolboy when I first went there they had such a great youth team like Mark Beard Ben Thatcher Mark Kennedy Jermaine Wright uh, Jeff Pritchard just like so many good players and to be fair that's where the Mill spirit, spirit come from it was Tom Wally because God, he could break a player. If he could break loads, <laughs> he would. He would mentally torture you for like about two weeks, mentally and physical torture. But once you come through it, he's like, "You're good enough for me. You could deal with it." And it was like, it was like the army. I'm the sweat scottish, like the running and the work. It was like an army, and they'd try and break you. And if you come out, and you were strong enough. That do and and them days are brilliant. 
like brilliant days. You, we always look back on them. I still speak to Beardy and Ben and all that. And they were, they were a couple of years older than me, but we try to pass it on down to the younger ones that come in as well. So it was a, it, it was a, a bit of, I, when teams talk about team philosophy and all that rubbish now, it was that then. So a bit like a dogs teach younger dogs and it passed on. That's what, that's what it was in the youth team. And like, yeah. brilliant. In my year, there was a, one of my best mates, Phil O'Neill, was in there. But uh, Steve Harris, he was the original chopper, and he left, and chopper comes. So I gave it a chopper. You're now chopper. <laughs> <laughs> that, so that was, uh, yeah. That, uh, Lucas Neal came in the last six months of the right. UT, and, and he was my age. So we were the, we were together, and then younger than me was Danny Opton. Right, and so yeah, it would have been sadly, and that's all them sort of boys. Yeah, and then. And Reedy and I was, I think, a year below that as well. So we've heard, I, some, I, great, we've heard some great stories from Reedy on um, seasoned pros, just the st- like stuff on Ricky Newman. And so you would have been coming through with Mick McCarthy as first team manager. Yeah, Mick, and and that I was uh, my first. I was boot boy to John Byrne, who was my QPR hero. So that yeah. was that was like massive for me. So he was he was my first pro that I'd done the boots, and it was Alex Ray. And of course, Alex Ray, I think one of the best midfielders Mills had. He was yeah. brilliant, and he was he was great character. And but Rhino was a big influence for me, especially in being club captain at the time. That in the youth team, I, I swear to God, on a Friday it used to be old v young, and in the old team was Gavin Maguire, Rhino, Pat Van Der Nau, Terry Erlock. Oh. Like, I'm, and I swear to God. They used to have normal rules, but they could do prison rules on us youngsters. I mean, like two foot play on. So, like when you was in the youth team, you'd be, oh, we need a couple of players, and you'd be giving it, oh God, don't send us over. Over you go, Birch. And <laughs> one time, Pat Van der Nau absolutely lost it. They were they were meant to be playing Cholton the next day, and it was over young, and it was serious. Like in the in the young team, Ben Thatcher, Mark Kennedy, Beardy, like we're all there, and it. Proper and I think Ben crossed the ball. I slid in, and it, it's hit me hand and gone in with the slide. So they're going. So of course all the youngsters are jumping around. I'm giving it a hand ball. It a hand. Don't you dare! Don't you dare say anything. So Pat Bandon out and Gavin McGuire and Rhino losing it. It's hand ball. It's hand ball. So then Mick McCarthy went Birch. Did you hand ball it? <laughs> so like, I've got both sides at me. So I gave it. No, no, no! It like hit my leg here. It went in. Pat Van der Now lost. I don't think he turned up for the game the next day. He lost it. The bibs gone, kicking everything away. And that's what the old for young. And I'm not joking. Like Alex Ray and Terry Earl used to cut in half around the waist. And I swear it's got play on. No problem. You could pull their bib free kick. <laughs> like that was like a hard team. Like that team there. You don't get. You're talking about like Gam Maguire, Rhino, Terry Earl, Pat Van der Now. Like even in that time, they were rock hard. So like, yeah. as you that, were saying it, I was going, oh, oh, it's getting up higher and yeah. higher levels there. Yeah. I know, yeah, nasty so, list. Yeah, and that, and that was Mick, and, and Mick gave me my first first pro. But I, I was so close to leaving Mill because, like, Mick gave me a pro. He liked it, but he said, look, we got so many midfielders. It was Andy May, Andy Roberts, Alex Ray, then. Which I could suffer, and then the, the two lads that come from Sittingbourne, it was Steve Forbes and Lee McCulloch, I think it was Lee Macker, and he said like they're probably in front of it. I was like, no, I can't have that. 
I don't think now, and like Leighton Orient, I was going to go to Leighton Orient. It was only because the youth team, we was in the quarterfinal there for youth cup when he was playing Oldham away. So I'm, I'm staying till we play that and then I'll go to Leighton Orient. Yeah. And then like a week later, Mick gets the Ireland job and then we're playing Oldham away. And like Tom Wanney, I'll never forget, he went, but you're going to play right midfield now. Never played right midfield. And I'm like captain, like, why am I going to play right midfield? I played right midfield and actually played really well. Next day off, we come into training. I'm literally going to pick my stuff up. I'm going to the Lake Orient. Trained. And then Ginger Fella's walking over. Like, he's coming over. He's like, tell me about yourself, blah, blah, blah. And I told him, yeah. He said, so what are you doing? I said, look, I'm going to Lake Orient. He went, no, you're not. I'm the new manager. It was Jimmy Nicholl. And uh, just by luck, I think on his way down from Scotland, he stopped and watched the game at Oldham. Thought I'd done really well. And then from that day, I trained with the first team done really well and I was in the first team squads from there to the end of the season so I always say to kids that's how close football is like that little bit of luck I could have gone yeah. late and not done it been out the game in like two years so yeah that, that's our closest but yeah that was Mick he left and really it was Rhino that because the first I got I got it by luck I got my debut purely by luck with Jimmy Nickel. we first team got battered on the Saturday, I think it was 4-0, and Jimmy called uh, first team be reserves at the den, refs kids the lot, and there was a right back meant to be on trial, he didn't turn up, so I've had a good weekend anyway, I think, right back, yeah, I'll play right back, never played right back in my life, yeah, I'll play there, and we literally beat the first team 4-0. Jesus. And do you know what, we stopped, and Jimmy Nichol gave it to him, played more, and I think we beat them 2-0 after that. that and then that is when we all we all started against Preston. Richard Cadet come oh, back in. I was just about to say if you if you just ironed them out four four nil and then two yeah, so, right, hang on. So that was on the Monday, and then on the Wednesday, Jimmy pulled me and said, "Look, you're playing right wing back." I was like, "Never played wing back in my life." I said, "He goes, all you got to do is run up and down, get to both back posts." I went, "Oh, that sounds easy." And Stephen Roach played. He made his debut as well, left wing back. Right. Dave Savage come back in because he scored in that game. Richard there played, because he scored in that game. And, and then they, they pulled me and said, look, they've got a good left winger. He, he tore us apart up there. He, he, a young player called Kevin Kilban. I was like, okay. And like the last thing I went out, Jimmy Nichols said to me, if you could like get into him early. I, well, I, I look back on it now. It was a terrible tackle I'd done. I like, took him around the waist nearly. <laughs> I, I got a book in for it. And then... We won that game three two, and then I was considered a right back after that for two seasons. Like, even when Billy Bonds came in, and Billy was great, but played right back for two seasons. It was only when Rhino came in and got the job because Rhino was the reserve team manager, been there that I was a midfielder. Then he put me back in midfield. Yeah, before we went on air, I spoke to you this morning on WhatsApp, and I said, "Hang on, just doing the timeline." You've seen a lot of Mill managers, Mick McCarthy, yeah. Jimmy Nicol, Billy Bonds. Uh, it, it was Mick, and then it was. Billy Bonds come in, which was a strange one because of the West Ham thing. But it was weird because the fans respected Bill because of who he is. They yeah, they yeah. didn't really go down the West Ham route because I think of, he's so well respected. But Bill come in and he was right. He, he liked me and Danny Opton, but didn't really speak to anyone else. Like he had some older pros and stuff. But we used to do like six laps around the pitch and weights every Monday. Every Monday, didn't matter if we had a game Tuesday and it was like laps, like 
times. He, he was like a machine himself, though, wasn't he? he? Was, yeah, but we uh, he used to do the weight circuits, and you had to lift the same weights as everyone else. So I'm partnering with Brian Laws, the big centre back. <laughs> like dumbbells, I can hardly lift them. And like Billy says, "Do it, lift it." And I'm like, oh, fuck "Yeah, I'll lift it." Like being in the like being in the yard in prison, lift it. Okay. <laughs> and he loved it. He used to take us around Greenwich Park. Like you do a lap up there, and you get up there. Like it was one of the best long distance runners up the front, and he'd just be up the top giving it another one. Oh, yeah, he loved it. He was a big fitness man, Bill. And then was it John Duck after Bill? Did I can't. I think he come back. It's all like a bit of a blur. He come back in temporarily, didn't he? He come and back in temporarily. Um, like nineteen ninety six. Yeah. So. Um, I think it was just after Jimmy Nichol, to be honest, yeah. And then Doherty comes back in temporarily just to get through. The, the come back in. <laughs> when he first come back in, we've done 11 v 11. Lucas is right back, I'm in midfield. So we got the ball. I remember we played two one-twos. I've got up to the edge of the box just about to have a shot. Stop. And he gave stop, stop. Where have you learned to play like that? So I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. like, yeah, I'm, yeah well. It's just natural. He went, that's absolutely useless. Like, <laughs> he went, don't give me that shit. Get the ball, spank it in the corner. Oh, like, God. I was like, what? Rolled it. I kicked it out for throwing. Excellent. Look at that. And then in this, in this one session, Stevie Crawford's up front. He's like, no, go play left wing. And Stevie Crawford. And then he's gone to Damien Webber, who sent it back. Sent it back, yeah. Big, big man. You played up front before? No. Go play up front. And Greg Berry, who was left winger, you go play left back. And they literally, Damon Webber played up front like five times towards the end of the season. And it was like, what is going on here? That's, so, that's, not, that's not even tactics. It's just put, putting pros in positions they've never dreamed of playing, isn't it? No, yeah. I, I think you'd have to look back on the records. I think we had 10 games. I think we lost eight of them and drew two in the, at the end of that season. Like the maybe, he's, maybe he's trying to do a bit of a Chris Sutton or like Paul Warhurst thing with yeah. Damien Webber. I think because he was the tallest player, he went up front. <laughs> how's, like, that for, how's that for, uh, for thinking? Fucking hell. Like, to, to win the long balls and headers, yeah. Jesus Christ. So, so sorry, so going back to, going back to Mick McCarthy, because... Um, so I didn't realise actually far back your meal career goes. You're one of the first people we spoke to about... About Big Mick, you said he'd give you your first contract as a pro. Yeah. Was you shitting your pants when you went in and had, had the chat of him? Funny enough, I'm all right to have a chat, to be yeah. fair. I don't mind a chat. So I was, <laughs> I was a bit chirpy when I was younger anyway. So I, I don't know I if Mick played that or not. But um, no Mick afterwards from like playing against and coaching against. No, he's, he's a lovely bloke, Mick. But back then he was like a bit of a figure. But as I said, you had all them pros in the team. That were like that were men. You had men, you had the youngsters in there that's come through the youth. And but again, Tom Wally was massive in that. If you think I was probably one of the last ones from Tom Wally because you had all them before, and then after that it was more the Bob Pearson era. So like Bob, Bob was big in that, and he he brought them other youngsters through. But yeah, I'm looking back. Probably I think Tom left two or it must have been a season after after I got in the first team or two or three went Arsenal. You must have been um you must have been a YT around the time of the FA Cup run then. Mm. Yeah I was yeah because I 
it was the FA Cup run when they Arsenal and Chelsea, and I got in. I got in. There was a load of injuries, a load of injuries when we played QPR. So I got called in the squad, and I'm like, I'm telling my dad and uncle, "We come in the squad. There's loads of injuries. We're never going to win. Like we're going to get battered by QPR, QPR Premier League team." And I'm giving it that. We've got no chance. So there was a bit of inside info there. So my family have put massive bets on QBR because Millwall of injury ravaged, they've got no one. <laughs> so I'm like the spare man in the team, I'm behind the dugout. So gets to half time, nil nil. So I'm like, 75 minutes, nil nil. And um, we're playing well. But then I just start thinking of my dad and that. And then literally, I'm giving it, oh, they've lost so much money and all that. And then Damien Weber gave a penalty in the 89. Yeah, I was just about to say, you owe Damien Weber a drink. Like, like, devastated. Like, absolutely devastated. But at least, like, my dad won some money on that one. But yeah. that team, that, that, so that FA Cup run was brilliant when Chelsea away the, and the Arsenal game. Well, uh, Beardy made his name that game, which was brilliant. Like, to see a mate score, to score IBM and Kennedy, that you come through the team with, was brilliant. The two you've just mentioned there, another one that I want to ask you about. So I've, I've heard he's absolutely off, off an absolute crackpot, Ben Fletcher. Oh, mate. I'm my first lad's holiday away when I was 16 with Ben and Mark Bid to Tenerife. Absolute lunatic. It, my brother's a nutter as well. So, like, when like him and Ben are out, it's carnage. Absolute carnage. Right? <laughs> He used to like order a bottle of champagne and drink it out of his Gucci loafers at like the bar. Like that. Just, you know, him and my brother just play hammer with are spinning each other around, throwing each other at the shop window, and you're giving it, oh, lad, let's, let's get out of here. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So, you eventually, you, you say you saw a lot of transitions through managers. When did you properly say you was an established first-team player? What, what sort of point? Yeah, it was with Rhino for yeah. me. Like, I won... Was it a Billy Bonds? I won Young Player of the Year, but really it was it was when Rhino was in Rhino and Macca. and and do you know what he does? Because they because their team under George Graham and stuff massive for discipline, massive and like big on fines and no grey areas. I remember I was in a car crash, my car's been totaled, and I couldn't go. It was full of my weight. I'm totaled. The police have come like. It's gone. I rung Ryan. I'm not going to be out make pre-match. We're playing Fulham away Tuesday night or something. He's like, no problem. I said, I have to come straight to the ground. Like, police have took me to Craven Cottage straight to the ground and got he in crushed there. Your car. He crashed your car on the way to the game? On the way to the game, yeah. It was on the way to pre-match. It was on the way to pre-match. Crashed on, on the M25. And then, like, Rhino's gave it, yeah, yeah, that's a fine. I was like, what? Late for pre-match, 200 quid. I'm like, what? <laughs> but that was it. No grey areas. No grey areas. Right. And do you know what he'd done as well? He, if, it's the, if the team won on a Saturday, he'd pick the same team. Don't matter who was, who was injured, who was suspended. Like, you could be suspended. The team won. You, it, it was the rule. You didn't play. But, yeah. And I think that was under that lot as well, the old, the old team. He was a grumpy old man before he was a grumpy old man. Even when he was a pro, like a grumpy old man. Uh, yeah, and he used to batter me all the time. It was like it was like a love-hate relationship. Like, every, to be fair, every Monday I'd get called in because he's heard rumours of a party going on and I'd get called in. But I weren't from Bromley. It's probably, it probably the house of sin. But then he'd get me in. I've been told you was out. Who's that? And he'd give it. If you, 
if you tell me who's out, you won't get fined. I was like, I won't even out. I don't, how can I tell you who's out? And they, nearly every other Monday, nearly he was just fishing to find. But it, he, that he was massive for for our team's for it because he said if you're caught, if you go out, because there's a big drinking culture and so it got passed down to us. So if you went out in more in less than a group of four, you was drinking. Four and above is team bonding. So and he would allow it. So, and that's allowed then. Yeah, yeah, that's team bonding. That's fine. But if you go out in twos and threes, you're just going out for a drink. Right, with you. Yeah, yeah. So if you're one in, all in, and that that works works well for the team. Yeah, so that that was big for the... Like, our team was all about team spirit, really. Mm. And and Rhino and Macarelta, even though he's double moody, Rhino, he did did help it. And and he knew you had to have characters to play at Mill. You've got to be mentally strong to play at Mill. And... I think that's when people come in and they started like Never's older one, Daishi come in. Daishi was a Daishi probably said he was a uh, Bristol City and hated it and they was a bit big time there. And then he come to Mill and loved it because he said it was just a change room full of oddballs, like absolute weirdos. <laughs> weirdos that just loved like loved coming in every day, having a giggle, playing a bit of football. There used to be a fight every month, I think, in the in keyboard and then best mates go out. Yeah, and yeah, it, it was one of them. Like you, you look back on it, and recruitment, they must have had to think: would they fit in with the group? Because if you didn't fit in with a the group, then you was out. That's how yeah, yeah. strong the group was. You saw like um, I say you saw that transition. A lot of old pros, the Ricky Newmans, the Bobby Barrys, yeah. the Alex Rays, the Gavin Maguires, they sort of come and went, and then you saw you was there when the new the new wave come in, the new wave of, of young players. Did yeah. you uh, obviously you didn't know many of them before, did you? Like Sadlier or no, or, no, or I feel, no. When, you, when, you, when they first uh, got Timmy Cale coming through, did you think? Yeah, yeah. I think when they come in, really the only three youngsters in the squad was me, Lucas, and Danny Opton at the time, right? Because Billy brought Paul Allen in and Kenny Brown, great lads. Like Scott Fitzgerald was there, who's still a really good mate. I think he was maybe my second roommate. So like, yeah. But I made my debut with Ray Wilkins. We signed Ray Wilkins. And like to make my debut with Ray was unbelievable. And then going back to that game, I was playing right wing back. And I'm like, I've never played there in my life. And if Ray Wilkins said to me, don't worry, you just run and call and I'll put it in front of you. <laughs> I, was like, what? I was like, yeah, nice one, Ray. Your legs are gone. Don't worry about that. You can't. And honestly, the first three or four times, he was putting check back spin on it and like just right in front. Unbelievable. And he was my first roommate when we went away. And I actually got nervous. Like, it's Ray Wilkins. Like, yeah. Like, you've heard so- this a few times. Like, why? Maybe they've done it on purpose. But to me, I'd stick you in with another youngster and Ray in with another old head. Like, to put a youngster in with an old head, is that a bit like, hang on, what's happened here? Yeah, I think because Jimmy Nicol knew that I was a big Rangers fan and loved Ray. Right, right, yeah. yeah. And then I'm all a bit nervous. And then straight in the room, Ray strips naked. And then other than the head, the hairiest man you'd ever meet. I'm like, didn't see that coming. <laughs> so like, then he, then he gets in bed and I'm like, oh, what do I say to Ray? Like, I've got so many questions. And then I'll never forget, Under Siege was on the TV, like Steven Seagal. Steven Seagal yeah. And that's when, like, Eric and Laniac burst out the cake. It was top, and he just went, Bert, what a magnificent set of breasts on that young lady. And I, and I went, <laughs> <laughs> Ray, 
Why? Why did you send Jurgen Summer for QPR? He's rubbish. <laughs> Three QPR questions, and then we concentrate on the breasts. <laughs> and then that just calms it all down. And then after the game, Blackpool had a player called Gary Brabin that used to be a bouncer, a big lad. And then he's. He just was smashing Ray, and Ray come off the pitch, and he went, Bert, I think that will be my last game of football. <laughs> well, he kicked the fuck out of him. Oh, he's Ray, he's in Blackpool. Gary Bramer was, like, elbowing him in the top of the head and, like, two-footing him, and, like, Ray's trying to do dinky passes, and I think, oh, I'm not having that. He sounds quite. We've heard we've heard a lot of stories about about uh, Ray that he's very um very gentlemanly, like unbelievable football, but the way he dressed and the way he come across. But from the uh, stories you told, there he's half comical as well. Do you know what I mean? Oh no, a great sense of humour, but just because his voice, he could he could be talking absolute shit nonsense in football, but because of his voice, you think that's amazing, mate. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he yeah, he's just having it. Yeah, yeah no, he, so yeah. he was my first roommate, and I think after that it was Fitzy, Scott Fitzgerald. Yeah. Fitzy, I was in the, the, the club, but he's he's yeah. a he's supposed to be a real character and all. Oh, was he? <laughs> yeah, was he? Come on. <laughs> yeah. So like he was a, yeah, he was a character, but he was a London lad. He was like Pimlico, so like we got on well and I used to like a night out even then. So yeah, he I used to go with Fitzy. And then and then it was Fitzy and Lucas, like as a free, we used to change round. And then it was the cots. So the Nevercot signed. So like You room with Nevercot. So like they touched on it. So what's an absolute weirdo? So like <laughs> so Nevers are coming with something, right? We're in I think it was Preston away. We're in the room and then it's time to go to bed. Right, so I go up to the curtains to shut it because the street lamp is like shining right on my bed. And as I go to shut the curtains, Nevers went, No, no, Birch, don't shut the curtains. <laughs> what are you talking about, Nevers? Birch, don't shut the curtains. So I'm like, Fucking hell, I'll sit there. And the light is now shining. He's snoring and he's like, This curtain's there. I'm full. I ain't having this. I'm shutting the curtain. Shutting the curtain well. Must, I'm gonna keep half an hour later. <laughs> Naked <laughs> Nevercott on the edge of his bed, giving him now referee offside. Yeah, and this squeak. <laughs> What's he got? The football night terrors collapsed. I'm like, fuck that. Get that curtain right open. Lights on the lot. <laughs> So like in the morning, giving Nevers. What, what the fuck was that? He went, do you shut the curtains? I went, yeah. Never shut the curtains. So, <laughs> so what we used to do, anyone new that signed, we'd stick him in a room with Nevers. Oh, <laughs> so he, he used to get a room on his own, but that's where Daishi, I think, had it, didn't he? A loop. But that was only because, I think it was an, a night game. So is that you used to have a day room. So they'd have to go. That's when we used to keep Nevers on his own, which is an absolute sicko like that. And <laughs> so that's the first time I should room the way because they were just getting the head down in the afternoon. And I think he'd done it again. I think he had t- the, the offside terrors, like referee. So yeah. We, we have heard, we have heard, obviously from Denzel, but he wasn't in the room with him. And he said, I don't know why. You was in the room. So you're saying 
You cut you shut the curtains. That's sparks oh, up the night. Don't the night shut the curtains. Don't shut the, the night terrors. We had another one. We had another one. Uh, Tuttle. Tuttle was brilliant. We was in Spain. I think it was a mid-season break. So my, mine and Warner's room. So Warner was my... When Tone come, he was my roommate and we was roommates. Weird, because I never ruined the goalie. They're absolute weirdos. But Tony was... <laughs> but, <laughs> so I don't think it's... I can't even remember Tuts playing for us, to be fair, but Tuts is there and we've stuck him in a room with Nevers. I don't think he knows about the night terrors. Oh, no. All, all I can explain, it was like the blood-curdling screams on Nevers. It was like someone's getting stabbed. And like we're like, what is going on? And like, we've gone in the room, Nevers is absolutely sparkling in the bed. Dave Tuttle, <laughs> in the corner of the room, holding the covers up, <laughs> I don't know what's happened. I don't know what's happened. <laughs> oh, mate. So, yeah. Oh, dear. This is... Um... <laughs> so, Denzel yeah. went to me, do you want to get Nevers on? I went, I don't know. <laughs> oh, do you know what? I said, even going back to that one, that Spain trip, we'd done a few lads up at Kipper because, you know, like me and Tony, that's prime targets if you want to do something because we was always up to stuff. And I remember... I've got a, I, I went and got Ray Arthur's key, who's the assistant manager, yeah. and of course at dinner, so it looks like I've left my key on the table to the room. So I'm like, Tone, you know, I'll just leave the key there. We've gone there. Well, the lads have thought they won the jackpot. They think, right, got it. We're going to do Birch and Tony's room over. Oh, I think no. Dolan, the two paddies, of course. Uh, I think Reedy, and I, they went into the room. And that's, that's it. They are doing everything. They're pissing on the bed, putting everything in the bath, fucking turning the water on, pissing on the stuff in the bath. And so, like, I'm there, yes, cheering, yes. They're like, what? I mean, it's Ray's room. It's Ray's room. <laughs> and to be fair, the paddies didn't give it. We wonder why you had suits and shirts. <laughs> <laughs> We've done the old switch up. They think they've got in your and yeah, Denzel's room. Get a bit of bit of a uh, bit of revenge, a bit of redemption. They've actually gone into you switched it with Ray Arthur's key. Ray Arthur's a great. That was a great mid-season break. To be fair, we come back and that's when we kicked on from the uh, the Cambridge games and stuff. Was after that that yeah. mid-season break. Oh, that trip as well. Another one. So we've gone there, and Mark McGee said like, we got golf tomorrow. It was like the Volvo, whatever course it was, and. He's gave it tee off, 7.30, don't be late. So we've gone out. We've got in about six. So we're in the bed. And then God. all I remember is I had a dream that Mark McGee's come in and giving it birth, wake up, wake up. You've got to go, go wake up. And then I've gone back to sleep. And I woke up half an hour later. I mean, Tone, I had the weirdest dream, mate, that... McGee come in the room and I told him to fuck off and he was like, no, La, that happened about half an hour ago. So I'm like, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. So now I'm, I'm panicking. I thought, oh, no, I've missed my tea off time. Go there. I don't know who my golf partner was, but I know I'm in trouble here. Bang in trouble. Oh, shit. We're playing, whoever's my partner, we're playing Chopper and Dave Livermore. So they are hanging. And Dave Livers is probably the only one that's more talkative when he's hammered and hung over because he never says anything anyway he just he just giggles more what took the pressure off me on the first hole they've got a small bridge to go over the lake livers has gone 
he said he was seeing two bridges. He was that gone. He went on the other bridge and put his golf cart right in the lake with Chopper still sitting in the car. <laughs> so it took the pressure right off me. They were bang trouble. Was, no, just watching them. Just I think. Where's he driving? He's gonna miss that bridge. It was on the first hole as well. Oh my god, he's missed the bridge, gone right or left. No, he's went to the right of it. I'll never forget, he went to the right of the bridge. This other bridge that he thinks he's seen. Golf cart right in the lake. I think Chopper just I'll never forget. Chopper's just sitting in the golf cart in the lake. <laughs> <laughs> oh I was gonna I was gonna ask you about um Rhino and Wembley's obviously the all yeah. windscreens. You think you didn't did you not get on that day? You didn't, did you? Do you know what? I broke my toe. I broke my big toe. It must have been two weeks before we played Blackpool. I ended up playing left back against Blackpool and, and broke my toe. So I'm like struggling. <laughs> and it's pretty bad because Fitzy was my roommate that day at Wembley. And I'm like, oh, I'm struggling here with this toe. I've had it injected for two days. I'm like, I've got 20 minutes in me. I've only got 20, 20 minutes in me. And then when Rhino, when they, they, I remember it was that. And then the other one was Sadler. He'd gotten an idea of playing in the other youth world cup. I think he landed in the morning. And Bob yeah, Pearson, yeah, he did, yeah. He sold that one, yeah. <laughs> he played with malaria. He was that white. He looked that white. Honestly, the obvious anyway, Sads. But on this trip, he's come oh. back. So like he started. And then Rhino's, I've been named on the bench. And Fitzy's missed out. Oh, no. <laughs> Fitzy, I've got about 20 minutes. But yeah, it, I think it was the worst final Wembley's ever seen. It was that bad. And then I remember I'm coming on for extra time. So I put the shirt over my head and then I've just heard some sort of cheer. Pulled it down as when they scored last kick of the game, wasn't it? It was, yeah, like, it was, the, it was getting there was the thing, like the Walsall game. Mm. And yeah, the, that, that was the start of it, I think. That all, and that was the, whatever it was called, auto tampon cup or whatever. But that's... <laughs> What's the, obviously, you played um, with Rhino, sort of, coming from the UT. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. 
Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive of rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And he was your manager. Took me out in the afternoons. To, I went, I, he seen me do a block tackle on the youth team once. And he's like, don't ever do that. You can like get there and get your arm like over there. He went, I'll take you out this afternoon. And we got one, at, it was me, Rhino, and one of the other youth team players. Do you know them attack dogs when you get dressed up? <laughs> He's got the youth team player, he's got rugby pads on him, tank, and he's like, what you got to do? you got to get into the face. And he's like, don't, don't clear the ball straight away, slow down, let them get to the ball, and then take them out. And like, I think it was Steve Johnson, the youth team player, would literally like scissor kicking him. He's like, that's it. Get your foot right in his chest, there you go. And then, oh. and, and so I'll never forget, we had a... It was a, I think it was a, a tampon cup again. And Kevin, it was when Kenneth Branagh scored against uh, Brighton. It must have been a two-ball cup if <laughs> Branagh scored. scored. I, think, I think Bob Pearson gave him an 18-year deal after that. He loved him. And then, but we played Brighton away and Charlie Oakway was playing for Brighton. So he's from the same estate as us in White City. So he's a big QR fan. So we're chatting before. I remember Rhino saying to me, Birch, nothing, nothing... Don't get them started. Just get through the game. Blah blah blah. And I remember the first two minutes, like Charlie Oakway's two footed me round the waist, and then we're on the floor, and I just I bit his neck, and I'm like latched on, and then there's a big fight, and then we both got yeah, how we both got yellows, I never know. And Rhino has absolutely lost it with me. What are you doing, Bert? Blah blah blah. And uh, but Rhino, some bloke told me once, it don't matter what you do as long as you get away with it. He went, who was that idiot? I went, Ryan, that was you about four years ago. He was teaching me the dark arts. Oh, then, my God. Yeah, but yeah, Ryan was in Macca. It was a bit weird when they made Macca joint manager. Uh, yeah, I know he was, but I always got a sense it was more, it was more Rhino in charge. It, well, I think we all, we all thought Rhino was in charge because yeah, he yeah. was. And he was the legend. So, and, but we're forgetting about Chopper turning up. I, the first time Chopper turned up, Neil Harris has turned up in the physio's room. I thought someone had come and done to do the accounts. He had this piece. <laughs> he's the new signing. What, him? He's the new signing? <laughs> City geek has turned up. Like, and no one knew he was a player. He, like, he looked furthest from a player that you can imagine. And then, to be fair, that, and then Neil, I, I, moved, I, I bought a flat in Perfleet. So then me and Neil become travel buddies. And I, so we become best mates. And you'd have never thought this geeky accountant was going <laughs> to Millwall's top goal scorer ever. <clears throat> he came out of the city, did a bit of a city bod, wasn't he, I think? No, he was, he, yeah. He had a good job, didn't he, before he, before he came yeah, into football? Yeah. Yeah, and then he come in. I don't even think Billy Bonds knew who he was when he signed him. It was like, I don't know who signed I think Bob Pearson signed him. And it's like, Billy, he's your new centre forward. Oh, really? I mean, a lot about Bob Pearson, like, doing 
doing good deals, like really. Uh, Matt Lawrence yeah. said the same. You know, it's more Bob Pearson really signed him than than, than, than Rhino. Yeah, best thirty grand we ever spent when it fucked me. New Harris, Jesus Christ. Yeah, Oof. do you have a Def- briefcase? We definitely got new suits after that game. I think. <laughs> yeah, so. but no, he would. You know, he was a weirdo as well. Neil was <laughs> absolute. He would only bake a bit like. And when you talk about, he would pizza. So we used to get pizzas on the way back, and you'd have to uh, share a pizza. It'd take the whole topping off and just eat the bread. Like he, um, he wouldn't eat nothing when he first come in. Just really. So yeah. Oh but, my god! What a player! What a player! Yeah. Like, yeah. Soon, soon took to it, didn't he? Yeah. Well, the, when we talk about him getting the cancer, and it was no, I'm, I was in, I was at the Confederation Cup with Canada, and I got the call. I think it was from his mum. Cool. And I was having, it, honestly, like people going about Japan, what a great place. I hated it. We were there for like four weeks and you can't sneak out and have a beer. You don't know where you're going. No one talks English hardly. It was like, it was like, it was bad. And then like that come through from Neil. And I just want, I wanted to come out. I've never been homesick anywhere, but it just, it hurt. And then when we, when I come back, when I come back, it was like, it was like, Neil speaks about it now. And he was like, a bit nervous, like when he comes in, because he's he's missing the ball, isn't he? So mm. I thought I'll break the ice when he's in the shower. Neil, get it out. Let's have a feel. He's like, what? I went, let's have a feel. Does it feel the same? And he's like, what? I'm like, yeah, look, look, guys, look. You can't even tell. And Did then, he feel the same? Yeah, it looked the same. You'd have never known. Like unbelievable. Like that's when like David Beckham's nickname was like Golden Balls. Mm. So. We, we named him Golden Ball for a bit. Speak to Neil with that, and I think he was like, like after that, he can yeah. be normal. And I, but I, I said to him, don't, don't worry about missing that. Have you seen Sadler's one after he's had a circumcision? It looked like elephant man. Like it was, it was the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. Like, <laughs> that, that was pressing away because oh, we, they're going to love you, mate. They're going to love you after. Like, Sad, you can't play with that. And because it was Billy Bonds and he was a bit nervous, Sads, Billy Bonds made him tape cotton wool round it. It was like horrendous. Like, when I say it looked horrendous, like doubled up by three. And then he's he's playing at pressing away with a load of cotton wool wrapped round it. He's got a sock in it, cotton wool. So he's running around at Preston. It looks like he's got, got a piece. something down there, like he's holding something. I think he. I mean, to be fair, to be fair with him, I think he played sixty minutes or something. Jesus. But there and oh, I've got uh, Dolan said it was they was going around the M25. Now they're not that thick. They're thick, but they're not that. They were go, what from Bromley. They were going to Stansted to pick their families up. Right. So go over the Dartford Bridge, but there was traffic, and then I don't know which one. One said, "Give him twenty-five round. Just go round the other way." So really, they have to go over and go M11, which is three or four junctions. And they're yeah. like, no, no, no. There's traffic that way. Let's go round the other way. So that's <laughs> and they went the whole way round that M25 to go M11. So they've, gone, they've actually gone past Gatwick and Heathrow then to get to Stansted, don't they? Yeah, but missed the traffic on the Dartford Bridge. So that's the main thing. <laughs> <laughs> what... Well, um... So obviously that was that tough for you when Ryan left the club. So you played with him and then you played under him. Do you know what? That was the first time my feelings to the Mill fans 
turned a little bit that day. That was a Brentford away. I think I was suspended, so I couldn't play. And you think, like, Brentford away, people, we had four games in hand because I, I was playing international football. Sads and Reedy was, and Robbie Ryan was under 21 in Ireland. So we used to get our games called off. So I think we had four games in hand. If we won three of them, we were top of the league. And then I'll never forget it. I don't know why they turned to Mill fans. Like, to be spitting on Rhino and like calling him up. Like, I just couldn't get my head around it. And when, mm. when you say, it, oh, it's a minority of them, it weren't a minority that day at Brentford. Because I remember because, because the, the tunnel was in the corner there, innit? In front of the way end, which is like the home end now. Yeah. I remember like fans like spitting and calling him all sorts. And then, did he get sat the next day, was it? Yeah, I think, I think that was his last game in charge. Yeah, definitely. And that was the, that was the first time I questioned the Millwall fans. Thinking it was that, and then I just couldn't believe it. Like that's the biggest legend the club's ever had, nearly. And then so if they can do that to him, and I know a lot of lads thought if they've done that to Rhino, they can do it to anyone. And I know and Sads, to be fair, Sad spoke about it. And like Millwall fans now, when you speak about them, they speak about Sads, oh, one of the best, brilliant. And I know early doors, Sad used to hate it. I say to Mill fans now, saying, don't you remember you battering Sadler? You used to boo him when he scored. No, no, he's one of the best. He's one of the best we've had. Oh, he was going to be the new Teddy Sheringham. He was going to be the Tony Sheringham, Cascarino and Sheringham together. I'm like, <laughs> you used to boo him when he come on. You booed him when he scored a couple of times. I felt, really sorry. I felt really sorry for him, mate. He spoke in depth. He said he used to... He was driving into the den. He was dreading it. He used to be dreading yeah, it. This we never expected to be a footballer to be like. Because I've used to get it as well. When you think, like, I don't know if the fans realise that when when they're your mates, you take mm. it to heart a bit because you think. Oh, but I've used to get it because, to be fair, he could be an eleven out of ten or a three out of ten. You don't like, but that's that's what he was, Ice. But then they, mm. I think, because. They couldn't moan at anyone really in the team because everyone would try. We was a unit, but yeah. So, but that that with Rhino it was like, and I think people forget about that. And the way Rhino left, it was just disappointing for everything he'd done. Yeah. And I, and I was, I, I thought, oh, this ain't going to go well. And, and Mark McGee come in, and then I don't know if it was me, Nevers, and Chopper. He's like, I've heard there's a drinking culture here, and we're like. Yeah, and he stopped drinking. He went, right, no, there's no more nights out. Well, so even if there's more than three of us, it's not no, acceptable. No, no. Mark, Mark, Mark McGee was a great bloke, like, intelligent football-wise. Made us, made us a better team because mm. I, I, I think he might have him on here. And he said it was probably one of the luckiest jobs he's ever had because he didn't really have to change anything. He just got us to play a bit more football in, uh, mm. like, to pass the ball out. And that was it, really. And... What is intelligence and football tactical was good. Ray Ray Hartford was brilliant, but yeah, he come in and tried to stop us drinking, and I think we had a little bit of a dodgy run. And we're like, like you can't like. I, I think we went to see him and just said, look, we need this is a big part of our culture. Like it's a, a togetherness. We go out, and that's why we love training. And yeah, and and to be fair to him, he's like, yeah, yeah, no problem. I remember. He, he pulled me. He pulled me in to give me a talk. He was great at telling you like how good you was and not playing you. But he was uh, <laughs> no. But he, he pulled me in and told me the story of Man United and Norman Whiteside, Paul McGrath, Brian Robson, 
and how they were big drinkers. Alex Ferguson went, I've got to get rid of them because they're drinking. Right? I'm like, are you calling me Brian Robson? <laughs> I'll take that. I'll take that. Cheers, Gaffer. Like, no, no, the, the drinking culture. I'm Robson. I've got you. That's all. <laughs> oh, so McGee come in as he, he took it to the next level. Yeah, and you, we win promotion. Yeah, uh, I see that it makes you laugh that Cambridge game because I had bad food poisoning the night before. I was in bits, but because it was a night game, I'm like, I'll be all right. I'll be all right. Get in there. I mean, it's coming out both ends. I'm thinking I'm never going to make it, and then. I'll never forget, just for half time, I thought, I'm going to do Gary Lineker here. I can't help. And it was like, it must, have been, no, it must have been like 45 seconds or something left of the first that I've just had to run in. So I'm in the toilet thinking, I can't carry on. I'm in bits. So I better tell the manager. So I've come out. Sadler and Dice is injured. They're like, they're not coming back out for the second half. And I'm like. Oh. That was in the day, obviously, of three subs and all. So. Yeah, so I'm thinking, I've got to carry on. I was in bit, I'd like toilet paper up there, like bunging it up just to get through the second half. So, oh. so when so when I was banging them in, I was like, it was so happy. Obviously, that team, the championship winning side, um, some great stories we've had previously on Christoph Kinney, some brilliant stories on um, the House Kin- of Sin. Christoph Kinney, another little weirdo. So they, they brought him in. He's, He's on come- Tuesday. He's coming on Tuesday. Yeah, tonight. well, his first night out with us we used to go to Liverpool a lot the EasyJet flight used to get up there no problem I think we used, and we went I don't know if we stayed over team but that was Kine's that was Christos first night out and so I remember at the end of the night he had a pristine white shirt on and we're in the Chinese about two three o'clock and he started talking and someone's lost an absolute spare rib right down the top and it's sliding down <laughs> Like, no, 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 this is not good. This is not football. This is not good. And he's got the right arm and we're buzzing. Anyway. So whatever, it turns right. And then like two weeks later, he's with us. He's cutting up people's clothes. He's like smoking, <laughs> he's smoking five in one go. He's oh, out man. in Bromley loving life. Like, <laughs> he's, he's, we, we thought he could come over. Do you know what? Like one of them foreigners, let's just eat pasta and drink water and not go out. And he, he, he tried to sell it like that for a couple of weeks. And then... Three weeks later, quickly adapted to life, to life in, in the squad. Yeah, three weeks later, he's in the house of sin, smoking eighteen a day, like loving life, <laughs> fitting right in. <laughs> Did you get around there much? The house of sin, Casa del Sadlio. Yeah, I don't like catching ringworm, so that's why I didn't like staying there a lot. Because oh, if you could get a UV light in that house. There was all sorts there. There was all sorts in the house. I don't think they did catch ringworm. They all caught ringworm because. They didn't change their sheets for about three months. But oh, oh, oh. that's sin. When they die, honestly, you we you will get around there a lot, but literally it'd be an open door. And like mm. we'd be coming back whether we go to Croydon or whether we was going we was up London and we'd come back. You just pop in there, how's it going? And you'd see people that are just off the street, just in there in the front room, feet up having a beer. Just ridiculous. And a big, uh, but you'd always have a big tub of butter and, and bread on the table because they just loved it. That butter with everything. But no, you would. You'd just see like the, 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 the homeless of Bromley just in in their house and they wouldn't mind. Yeah, come in. Yeah, no problem. Have a beer. The YMCA, Casa del Sadlio. Honestly. But Delano's. Delano's used to get out. To be fair, the Paddies never used to get out of Bromley. 
they're creatures of habit. They know they can walk to the Delano's and walk back to the house and sit in there happy. I think we took them up London a couple of times and they were way out of their comfort zone, way out of their comfort zone. They weren't having it. So we won, obviously we won promotion. The next season would have been your last at the club. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we came close again, mate. We nearly, nearly went back to yeah, back. Yeah, that, that we were good team. Like we, we used to like with that team, we had no fear, and uh, literally we'd be playing Bradford away, and they'd just come down from the Prem, and we had we we thought we could go there and win, like go to Palace and win, like the two games against Palace, we battered them at Sellers, and then. I think mean, the Boxing Day when we absolutely smashed them. They played a weird formation, like no left back. And I remember just getting the ball, like just passing it down that space because Dougie Freeman was playing for him. He was a really good friend of mine. Dougie, he, when he moved from Scotland to QPR, we was his dicks, our family. So he cut like, and I just never forget, like they played without a left back. I just don't know where, where they put him. They might put an extra one in midfield. And then we absolutely battered them that day. And like, there was some. Some really good performances that year. Like I think Claridge come in and they've an absolute weirdo. <laughs> absolute weirdo. Okay, he used to train with like a radio in his ear listening to the racing. And it, it was, <laughs> he would bet I think he would bet with Eiffel and which raindrop would get to the bottom of the coach first. Like and, and Ives, another weirdo, I know, love Ives, would know every cheat on every fruit machine because he's from Brighton. We'd be in a service station. He'd be like, no problem. Hold that 18 times, cancel it, then hold it 18 times more and you get a free go. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you, you've been down the pier too much. <laughs> yeah, Claridge was, uh, was a great signing for us. Came in, obviously, on loan originally, but then signed for us permanently. Yeah, yeah I've heard some, we've heard some stories on him. Some, some fucking living out his car and all sorts, wasn't he? Yeah, just a weirdo. So he fitted in all right. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, despite all this, there was some very good football playing at some some points as well. You obviously end up getting an, an international call up as well for Canada. Oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah. My granddad was born there, so I got, that's how I got in the Guinness Book of Records because I'm the I was the first person to ever score for their country without setting foot there. It was Ireland away, and right. the one thing I was gutted about: Mill played Bristol Rovers away, and I was always the backup goalie, buzzing like, and in that game. The keeper got sent off and Scott Fitzgerald went in goal. That was my chance. That was my chance to be the goalie for me. I think that's the only position I didn't play. Fence but, yourself as a bit of a cat, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not that hard, is it? Just standing there, let it. That's what you used to tell Warner. Don't get excited. They just all. But back then, you was the crap footballers went in goal, weren't it? That, and, and Tony was like a proper keeper. Warner was a proper. He weren't one of them mess about. I'll oh, come out and five sides and play out front. No, he was like the the last of the old school keepers where they. Oh, he loved him, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. I, feel, I think I've said he, he absolutely loved him. He, he was a goalkeeper through and through. He was obviously, um, I don't know you were, whether you was his wingman or he was yours, but you was very much together in, in a lot of the um, changing room pranks. Yeah. What was, it like, what was it like pre-match in the dressing room? What was going down? We've heard some random stories of things going on. What was your role in all that? You've got a changing room full of weirdos. And wrong ones, so calls that atmosphere. You know, you got never spewing up doing animal noises. You got Dicey spitting on the floor everywhere. I think Tony's having a shake up because he likes to get in there, like. And then that was it. It was just like weirdos everywhere, but uh, but brilliant. But you knew like your mates. 
like you like that team we still talk now like you don't realize how good it is till probably you like, i left to keep the army had a really good team spirit great group but it weren't as good as the the mill team because it was weird we grew up together and then we had, we had the older ones buy into it nevers daishi scott fitzgerald at the time at the start so matty lawrence come in and bought it another weirdo he likes flying he likes flying as much as mr t matty lawrence yeah oh really Oh, there was one. I think it was. The, I think it was that trip as well, where Matty was. He was panicking, and it was a bit of a Mr. T. They gave him a load of like Prozac, uh, in, in a pint of milk, <laughs> a big scotch, a big scotch, and then that was him. He was away with the fairies. He was absolutely gone. We did not flying. Hated flying. I hated flying, Matty. But yeah, yeah this like Matty Lawrence get on like obviously Valley Moore, lovely guy, very intelligent. But um, like I say, nothing like you, you weirdos. Yeah. How did he, he fare it like a? How did he fare it like a, an away trip or like a, a an end of season do? Did he get? Did he fully get involved or was he? He put the teeth in. Like the teeth are going. <laughs> the teeth are going when he's dressing up a bit. And no, he was. He, he was like, it was weird because it was a different group, but all got on so well. It's very rare to get that. I did oh. really talk about the, the croc. Yeah, so we've heard a bit about. Um, oh, yeah, that's a good shout actually, because really, obviously, brushed on it. It was very, it was very funny. We used it as the title of his of his video, but he said he wasn't actually involved. He said it was you and Denzel. Yeah, that was Leon Constantine. He was that. Uh, he had like a Lacoste cheese cutter cap, and that's how bad that preseason trip was. How many people go on preseason and get all the games called off? So we've played the local village butcher baker candlestick makers had a game against us. <laughs> And then we had no other games, so we had a five-a-side tournament. So teams got drawn, and Liam Constantine, he looked like a... Why, sorry, why did all your games get cancelled? Because the fact... I think the internet come out there, and they was threatened to, like, smash each other. So all our games got cancelled. So we're oh, in what? Germany, I mean, in the middle of nowhere. Like, no. And so we got bored. We were just so bored. So, like, me and Denzel... Uh, we gave it to let's do let's do Constantine's out. He loves it. He's got the cost out little so got it and we cut the crocodile off. So he's just got the hat with no we will be in there. Um, then that's how bored he was. We cut out a proper ransom note in newspaper letters, giving it if you score, the croc gets it. And that we slipped it under his we slipped it under his door. And he was in Mark McGee's team. So Mark McGee's now playing. We've all like, got our five-a-side teams. And then, so we was all there. Every time we went through the croc, don't do it, the croc, the croc. And, uh, we, and then we, we cut it. And he was like, I think he was crying, to be fair. Which is, when you do anything, if you get actual tears, and when you do stuff like it's absolutely buzzing. So happy with it. Cro crocodile tears. Yeah, Oh. You had it. You've got a few tattoos. Yeah, yeah. Tony Warner's asked me. Well, a lot of the fans, obviously, the yeah. line tattoo. Where did that come about? Look, I've never spoke about it before, but because I don't talk about stuff like that. But my boy at the time, he had a kidney infection, so he had one kidney out, and then we was waiting for the, like thirty six hours to see if the other kidney had got it, and if the other kidney had got it, he was. He would, he, would, he would have been in a really bad way. So, like, me and my wife at the time, we got the tattoos. So, I had other crap tattoos, like one on my chest and another one on my arms. So I thought, hey, I'll cover that up. And uh, she got an angel, I got a lion, because 
the choice, there was a dragon, there was an eagle, there was a lion. And so I got that. And that, that was the reason for it. So right. I, covered, I covered the tattoo and got the lion. And then it just turned out that Saturday I scored and I got it out. Yeah, so, yeah. Then, so then everyone thought it's a mill toe. Right. I, I did. That's why I asked you. I thought, I thought it was a mill toe. Yeah, part of it was mill because I couldn't get an eagle. It was a palace. Mm. I couldn't get a dragon. I'm not Welsh, even though I've got dragons now. But, uh, yeah, so so that that was that was the whole reason for it. And I never said it because it was a bit personal. But but when they sang that song at QPR, I thought it was brilliant. Like literally for 80 minutes. I think they carried on through half time. But I, I tried to explain the QPR lot. That's them being nice. Like I've seen them. Like very rarely does does a player get a good reception off them when they first come back. Because to be fair, the next game at the Den, they absolutely finished me. But the the song was the song was them being nice. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I think I remember that. Well, I think I remember the song when you came back, but. Mate, um, the fans were all buzzing. You was coming on. A lot of people said he's got a lot. They say that they sang that whole song. He's got a line on his arm. They said um, yeah. a lot of putting that in the comments, and it was it was good times. If you could, I know he's at the club a long time. If you could pick some one or two standout memories, oh, moments, could uh, could you do that with the amount of time you had? Yeah, the standout memory, of course, is your first game, your debut is always a standout memory, and then wrecks uh, him away. But to another one with, I went away to play for Canada against Egypt. We played Cambridge, and I went away in the midweek to play in Egypt because we had the Confederations Cup, so I had to keep a place for Canada. And then I landed on the Friday morning, and Mark McGee, mate, come and picked me up from Heathrow and drove me up to Wrexham. And in the car, he's on the system talking about, right, you're going to man-to-man Ferguson, just get into him. Burts, do what you do, upset him, annoy him, just stop him playing, and then we win the game. And I was like, yeah, yeah, no problem. I woke up in the morning, and I just had a funny sense about it. And then when we got to the game, he read the team out, I weren't playing. So I'm fuming, like fuming. (laughs) Played with food poisoning at Cambridge, gone to Egypt and back, and then I'm playing. And so I think they was annoyed I went to play for Canada, but... I got forty right. grand for the Confederation Cup. It's like not, it's like big money. I'm making sure I'm keeping my place there because yeah, of course. And I remember just being fuming. Like I didn't get changed in the changing room. I remember I went in the shower room because I didn't want to upset it because it's a big game. But I just remember being fuming. And then I think I've got injured. And then half time I come on and I was like fuming with uh, McGee at the time. But come on and then like Timmy scored. We won, yeah. and we was literally drunk for that whole week as a team. And remember, we still got the game like against Oldham to win the league, but yeah. we was re- we was like sat we was out Saturday, Sunday, like just constantly. And I think we had a training session on on the Friday before the Oldham game was horrendous, like her- terrible, like like people have never kicked a ball before. It was that bad, and then. <laughs> Oh, like, standard was standard. But then, he absolutely turned up the next day and won five nil. So you talk about preparation, probably the worst <laughs> preparation you could ever have on a game. And then the best the team played. So like when you go now, you're on the coach now, and you try and do everything right, and you do get all the tactics, and then yeah, bunch of wrong ones have been out for a week, come and win five nil. But that and, and I, I love that game as well because 
I think I, I, I put it on Instagram the other day. I remember playing. We're four new up. It's probably the fastest I'm seeing Chopper run around. I'm getting chops. What are you doing? He's like, I need one more goal to be top goal scorer. I need one more goal. And I was like, get me the ball near the box, Chop. Get me the ball. And he's like, what? And then, to be fair, it was a bad dive, I think it was by me. I think I might have even tripped myself up to get in the penalty last minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just for him to score. But yeah, he was running channels, I think, with Fournier up, Olay and Olay. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, that, was, that was Sunday. That everything just like, like you just said, the preparation was shocking, but we were just on fire that day, weren't we? Like, and I mean, the worst preparation you could probably ever have for a game. And, that, and then we do that. But, and then after that, it was all about our lads' holidays, which was, which were amazing. He come to us and said, "Look, you have a trip anywhere. If you run the league, you go anywhere." So I'm going, "We go Vegas. We can go Caribbean." So we had a vote on whether to go Vegas or Tenerife, where we always go. Oh my god! Well, I, know, I know where you, I know where you went. So I'm fucking. What is that about? Like, like, me and Warner are going, what? Like, we could go Vegas. He, the chairman's going to pay for it. And it was an outstanding vote of Tenerife because I think it was the creature of habits, Aris, the Paddies, they just wanted to go to Tenerife. Like, unbelievable. What was that trip like? Oh, a bit like the season. Like, yeah, it was, yeah. Just with more sunshine. <laughs> yeah, and no. Like a great group, he like you just forget. Like even Michael Jilts was in the squad, and he was a great lad. Jilts, he was a great lad, and it was weird how so many people come into that team or that squad with different managers, different generations, and they just migrated and it stuck together. And the, the, the teamwork and the friendship of that team was something special. And I think you speak to anyone of that team, I think that's the main thing when you when you come out of it. And for me. I was probably the, the longest one there. I was there when we went to administration, like when all the older pros. And when people talk about it, that's what got us all the chance. We went to administration, all the pros went, and then it was literally chuck these youngsters in and it was sink or swim. And if we'd never went in administration as a club, there's no way we would have got a chance, us youngsters like that. Mm. It's only because the club was skint, had no money, and then they threw us in. A, a great bloke for you, as I said. I think he owned Lacenza and we had a joint... Christmas party with Lacenza, which weren't a bad one, that one. I don't mind that. It was, no, no, it was, it was us, Lacenza, and Dream Team lot, because Dream Team used to film at the stadium, didn't they? What? Yeah, do you remember that, Sky yeah. One Dream Team? Yeah, yeah, the old, they had the old purple kit, didn't they? Yeah, so like, I had a few mates that were in there, and then I think we had a joint Christmas party. But yeah, no, but we're thinking about back now, because, because the older pros... It was a drinking culture, and the older pros taught us how to drink. And literally, you could, it would go from Saturday straight after a game would be out, Sunday would be out, Monday would be in. What, what was Bonbonnie's? Bonbonnie's is a, a night club, nightclub in Ernie. Oh, so, Neil, oh, was that Neil, Tuesday? Yeah. Or day Bonbonnies that was like, Saturday, Saturday, Saturday and Wednesday. Yeah, Saturday and Wednesday. Wednesday. So like Wednesday, we was out. Like to roll up to training on Thursday, and then like, but you wouldn't think nothing of it because I think. You're playing against someone in the other team that's doing exactly the same. So it wasn't like they're staying in. And then, yeah, then we, they, we went a bit scientific, like the lads have said, with like recovery shakes and all that stuff. Like with the Matty Lawrence like collapsing and that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And then, then we realised that oh, maybe we can't go out during the week if we've got a game. So yeah, and then we sort of brought into it there, but we still went out. Like we would honestly play away at Oldham, and there'd be like ten of us stay over and go go to Manchester. There'd be hardly anyone back on the coach, and we used to go to Southend together. It, it was a, we used to go out twelve, thirteen, fourteen of us, and that's very rare for a football club like. They definitely won't do it now because the camera phones. We got away with murder, but like we used to as a group, like we 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 enjoyed our time together. We loved going into training, loved training, loved spending time together, and I think that's what probably out of it all, that's what the lads missed the most, really, yeah. and, and going out together. So you played under Mark McGee. Was he your last manager at the club? Yeah, he would have been. Yeah. So did he did he set was it your decision to leave? To go QPR, or did you well, want to? Fair, say, it, like I said, I, I signed a pre-agreement with Birmingham in the January. Right. To leave, what did McGee say? Like you, you ain't going to get in no more, or, or no? no they they messed my contract up at the end of the season because back then, if you was under twenty-four, hmm. you couldn't leave on a free. You had to you get compensation. So they're like ITV Digital was gone. They didn't know in in January. I'd done a pre-agreement with Steve Bruce to join Birmingham. And it turned out, who do we play in the playoffs? Birmingham. So then they went up. And instead of, instead of being a starter, I was going to be a squad player because they'd gone into the Premier League, which I was, I was happy to do. But I was waiting to see what Mill would offer me. And I went in there. And my birthday's in May. And I remember them talking to me, oh, this is all we can offer you. And I was like, well, I've been offered more other places. They're like, no problem. Then we just get compensation. I'm like, I'm 24. My birthday was like, Two weeks ago. No, yeah. no, 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 you're 23. I'm like, I think I know my own birthday. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to get one over here. I'm 24. And they're like checking it. Oh, no, it's 24. So, I was, so that was it. I was going to go to Birmingham. And then QPR coming for me. And Ian Holloway rung me up and said, look, let's have a meeting. I literally took my Birmingham contract down and said, look, I'll sign for you if you can get near that. Mm. And then millionaire brothers that paid Arsenal wages for the club, and then that was that was the biggest decision because I could have gone there, and everyone was saying, "What you're doing? You're crazy! You're going not not going there. You're going to League One." And then I end up signing QPR. Fair enough. I was disappointed how it how I left that way with me all because mm. the last game was the the like playoff semi final, and that was it. When you when you talk about Mill, you do, anyone that plays him and does well, you do have that affection. But growing up, all them years, like them years growing up from I was sixteen to when I leave at twenty four, that's a big part of your life, and that's why it is it, it has a special place in your heart. It is it is a, when you when it's rocking down there, it is they can fans can be very harsh. I remember there was one game we played, it was Watford, so. If we won the game, we went top of the championship. And this is Watford with Viali's All-Stars. We remember, we scored, we won 4-1 at Vicarage Road. Chop scored the goal. So then, I remember Viali put in there, like, we're Ferraris and they're Ford Escorts or something. So, so like, we're, we're, we're right up for it. And they had a player sent off after 10 minutes. And we went 1-0 up. I think Sadler scored. And literally, they just kept passing it to the keeper, centre back to the keeper. And we're like, okay, carry on. We're just staying our shape. Yeah. But because we were like pressing, we started to get the shit, shit, shit from the fans. And we're like, what? <laughs> we wonder what we're going to watch 
Leeds All-Stars where one of their players gets paid more than our whole team and we got booed mm-hmm. off the pitch. Shit, shit, shit. And that was the time we got in the dressing room giving it, we're going to be top of the championship. Us lot against that. And we're like, they're shitting us off. And like, we just went, you know what? Fuck them. Like, do what we got to do. We're going to go top of the league. And so when we went back out there, we gained them. We sat in there. We didn't go for it. They got another man sent off. And then I think really scored at the end. But And then that was it. We were brilliant after going, yeah, love you, brilliant. And like, we remember going in afterwards, giving it. We were winning 1-0 and got shitted off. And normally, uh, we, 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 we joked about it. Players giving it, we could be getting the shit, shit, shit chant. That was when they had the um. Any game that you was losing, all oh, the shit, shit, shit might be coming up. But yeah, we got it. That was one we were just, it baffled us as players, like to get it against Watford, to go top of the league in the championship. To they, get wanted, the, they wanted to see a few tackles flying, and that's what it was, wasn't it? Exactly. Like when, like, I, I think the, the maddest they went to fans is when we beat Stoke when we had nine men. That was like, the best game ever for him because all we did was defend, smash people, had nine men and won the game. So you played under a lot of managers. Which one do you reckon was the best for you at Millwall? Rhino for me. Like I know people say about Mark McGee and he done well and he got us up and we done well, but I just think Rhino, he optimised the club. He was he was Millwall for me and because I was with him with the youth team and reserves and in the first team, yeah, he was Millwall and I thought, and he gave the lads, nearly most of the lads, their proper goes. I know, like, Billy Bonds gave a few of their debuts, but Rhino gave loads of us our, our chance in professional football, and we took it. So, it was, I owe Rhino a lot. I think Mark McGee was great. But, yeah, for me, Rhino was the best manager. Oh, Bertie, honestly, my face is, is hurting me. <laughs> I have not laugh at that. Gonna, I was going to do a sensible one as well. <laughs> The, the lockdown's cracked me. I was going to be like, I'm a coach, I'm a technical director, I'll be sensible. And, but yeah, no, I, can't. Thinking, like, I really appreciate you doing it. Same, same you know, with Denzel and, yeah. and really, you know, he's the Scotland assistant manager. I think, you know, yeah. they're going to have to have half a sensible head on, but um, that was yeah. that was no old bar, mate. It was brilliant. You enjoyed your time at me. Well, we loved having you as a player. And uh, maybe one day, mate, we'll, we'll speak again, but that was, that was fucking brilliant, mate. Thanks so no, much. No problem. Cheers. Cheers, Bertie. Top man. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 